This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The IRS is the most feared agency in the world. You've heard ads from other companies offering to help taxpayers only if they owe over $10,000. Here at Platinum Tax Defenders, we're A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, and we're proud to be one of the only tax firms in the country who understands that people who owe less than $10,000 need help just as badly. The IRS doesn't care how much money you owe. They'll still garnish your wages and even seize your assets. So whether you owe just a few thousand dollars or hundreds of thousands, call now for your free tax consultation. If you qualify, we may even be able to reduce your tax debt down to a small fraction of what you owe. So don't wait until the IRS seizes your property and garnishes your wages. Call 800-579-4967 and get your tax problem resolved once and for all. That number again is Seven two seven Beck. It is Pat, Stu, Jeffy yeah. over there. <laughs> Whatever. I'm right here. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> I was just, I didn't, wasn't feeling good. I didn't. Just no, make okay. noise. I apologize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, both Stu and I are recovering from illness, Jeffy, and so we make these ugh, ugh, noises. Yeah. When we talk about you, I didn't realize uh, that you were uh, mm-hmm. you were sick as well. Well, you know, I was sick. Uh, it was a while I'm ago. Still, it was a while ago, but I'm still recovering. It takes a while, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, if it takes you, a while. Sometimes athletes will like break. You know, Derek Carr broke his fibula. Yeah. Of, and uh, he's gonna be out. He was out, you know, the rest of the year, and it's gonna mm-hmm. be a long recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of like what you. this is. That's kind of like yeah, you. Yeah, it's a long recovery. Mm-hmm. So well, every time I think about you, Jeffy, ugh, I still, ugh. I still feel poorly. Uh, I, I don't you, know. Did what. you hear that? Mm-hmm. I, did, I did as well. Yeah, you know, that's weird. That's weird. Plus, when I think about how nice I was to you last ugh, last week, it just makes me yeah. ill. I saw how a headline. Nice. I saw a headline on the Blaze that said something to the effect of, uh, "Pat Gray goes easy on Jeff Fisher while Stu Brigier recuperates," <laughs> which I was. I mean, that is that's. A, I mean, it's I, quite a controversy. It's out there now. You, you have to, to answer it. for it. You hate to see it. Worthy uh, of a breaking headline now. Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, Jared Kushner is going to be a uh, White House senior advisor. Um, now, of course, if he was not an official White House senior advisor, he would still be a, an advisor. So it really, I, everyone's getting all worked up about this because there are apparently nepotism laws that would technically prevent 
Kushner in many roles. Mm. Um, the Trump administration's argument, uh, that felt really weird coming off the tongue, I gotta say it. Uh, the Trump administration's uh, uh, <laughs> argument is that uh, for a senior advisor, uh, you don't need, those laws don't apply to the senior advisor. They're gonna have a little bit of a battle about that. Um, I, I would expect Trump to win that. It's not a, you know, it's, it's, an out, it's not even a cabinet-level role. Mm-hmm. It's just some, hey, this guy's going to talk to me a lot about the things I'm doing. I mean, okay, uh, you know, it's an important role, but it's not a role that you could prevent a family member from participating in. Well, this goes back to the Kennedy administration where he put, what, Bobby Kennedy is the head of the FDA or EPA <laughs> or something like that, so they tried mm-hmm. to ban it. Um, mm-hmm. In the future, so you're not just like naming your kids. He to was all attorney the rules. general. Attorney general, that's right. It's not mm-hmm. that I can even remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I maybe you had a dual <laughs> role in the administration. I wasn't quite sure possible. there for attorney a second. general. Thank you, Pat. But yes. Um, um, it, so, it, it, you know, it's a role that we all know first ladies have. It, does anybody doubt that first ladies advise the president on many point. things? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's sort of a silly I mean, controversy, but I, they're going to use every step they can to try trust to the them. guy, and I don't necessarily like the guy. This Kushner guy seems really liberal to me. Yeah, um, I think he's a smart guy, but he's, he's very probably liberal. smart, but he's he's liberal. They're registered Democrats or independents. I, I don't know, but they're not Republicans and they're not conservatives, and so I'm leery of it. I don't think it's a great idea, but there's nothing that can prevent it. I don't think. Yeah, they're going to try to do it legally, but I mean, what would be the result of that? He would. They would talk about it at dinner. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. What, like he's got to. He'll do it anyway. He's going to email just, him anyway. It's just not going to be official. Deny. It would just not be an official role. Yeah. And of course, what comes along with him being a special advisor is he has to divest his business interests. So you'd think there'd actually be an interest in making mm. this happen. Um, uh, it's actually a good thing for people who might be concerned. Uh, by the way, Kushner is like you know, uh, De Blasio's favorite guy. Like, this is a, as you point out, a a, a left wing mm. guy. Uh, a liberal. He's been running a liberal um, wow. website for a long time, The Observer, um, which uh, mis- magically just endorsed Donald Trump, which is weird. Wow. Uh, really? This really liberal huh. That's uh, kind of a coincidence, uh, uh, publication um, wound up endorsing Donald Trump, which was one of the only publications in America that, uh, that wound up doing that. Um, Coincidental. And, and for it to be a New York liberal institution, which was, str- huh. was, a, was a tad strange, as yeah. some of their writers sort of noted at the time. Um, but, you know, look, it's just, it, it, you know, what's he going to do? I mean, the bottom line is uh, I got the reputation of my magazine, but uh, or I can endorse my wife's dad. <laughs> I'm going to go with the wife's dad thing because that's the yeah. one that's going to make my life miserable if I don't do it. I got a hot wife and I want her to stick around. Yeah. So I'm going with her dad. <laughs> I really think to a large extent that's how this started. I think so, too. Um, and now it's turned into something I think where Kushner is very well educated on matters uh, that he has to deal with. Trump had some gaps to fill in, uh-huh. and they were filled in with Ivanka and Jared Kushner's understanding of the world. It doesn't seem like a necessarily a good thing if you're a conservative. No. However, I, they at least have a handle on these things. Mm. I mean, they, you know, this is their world. So, um, and, you know, it's going to happen anyway. So, uh, look, we'll see what the results are going forward. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like the Rand Paul thing, though. Um, Rand Paul has uh, released a budget. Um, and uh, it's going to balance itself within, was it five years or ten years? Five, five. Five years. Yeah, really fast. Now, Rand Paul was doing this sort of thing when he first got into the Senate. And I loved him for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there was a, there was a gap. 
uh, there's some some hazy memories uh, <laughs> of, uh, but uh, generally speaking, Rand Paul's great on spending, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I like the fact that he's pushing Republicans up Republicans up against the wall here because it's it's easy to pass something that says, well, we're going to increase the budget a little bit less than Barack Obama did, right? Um, and we're gonna we're gonna spend a lot more, but we're you know, we're going to lower taxes a little bit. They increased the budget uh, at a, about a 7% yearly clip, and we're only going to do 6.79%. Right. This is a, <laughs> That's usually what we get. Right. So uh, The other side of this is, is a legit effort by Rand Paul. Yeah, uh, where he says five years we balance the budget. Um, That'd be great. He gave me, we should. I mean, he'd be interesting to have on either on this show or on radio. Yeah, he would. He, um, because yeah. I would like him to explain exactly what he wants to do, where the pitfalls, where we're going to hear that all the children are starving. Uh, you know, give us a heads up. He gave a 20-minute presentation um, about. Uh, he said it was not a budget, but as the vehicle to repeal Obamacare. I mean, it has to go through the budget process, so it technically is a budget. Um, he, uh, he said uh, he w- the budget was simple. He freezes spending on the budget. He said uh, doing so will cause the balance of the budget itself over, or b- a budget to balance itself over five years. And this is true. You don't really have to make extreme cuts um, to balance the budget. You just need to not spend more. Yeah. And by the way, if we're going to save the country, um, that's a really good place to start by balancing the budget because the debt is going to be so large eventually that it, it, we're going to collapse uh, uh, because of the weight of it. And, and that's, just, that's just a fact. And it's just a matter of how much money you print to try to prop us up in the meantime. So far, it's $4 trillion. It could be $40 trillion before it collapses. I, I don't know. I doubt it. But eventually, somewhere along the line, the house of cards comes down because that's what we're built on right now. So if you balance the budget within five years, you got at least you, you're giving yourself a chance. We're, we're giving ourselves a chance. Yeah, to, now that's not going to stop the, the it, deficit. It's, it's not no. going to get rid of the deficit. No. We're still going to have $20 trillion in debt if yes. we were to do this. However, we wouldn't be adding to it with the exception. Right. It, we, we wouldn't be adding to it. Uh, we would still be paying interest on all that money, which, which is a lot. Um, but at least we wouldn't be making it worse. And we can go from there. Yeah. You know, if you can do this, a spending freeze. Stop for, the hemorrhaging first. Right. For five years, mm-hmm. um, uh, you're going to balance the budget. You do it for mm-hmm. another five years, you're going to start knocking down um, uh, other, other you'll, you'll have enough revenue to start knocking down the interest payments. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do it for another five years, uh, then you're really getting somewhere. I mean, you're the right. point where you are paying down the deficit uh, in large part. There's nothing, there's nothing to say that you can't have any deficits. But when you're coming to uh, you know, a, mul- a multiple of your, the size of your economy as your deficit, it's a tad problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rand Paul, you know, a few others are the only ones who actually seem to take this seriously. Even a lot of good conservatives will do things like, well, we need to cut this program and this program that I don't like. I'm all for cutting those programs that I don't uh, like as, as well. You know, you want to you cut the funding of the EPA? I'm uh, fine with cutting the funding of the EPA. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you want to cut the, you know, several different departments you can cut down. But that's not going to get you there. You need to do something like this, mm-hmm. where you say to uh, uh, an or, you know, you go to say to the EPA, hey, EPA, we don't agree with you on everything. We're going to still do some things within your organization, but you have the same amount of money you had last year. So prioritize. Take the thing that is the crappiest in your organization and get rid of that and pay for something that's higher priority. They'll have a cow, but so what? But, you know, so what? So what? Um, you should be do able to anyway. handle that. You should uh-huh. be able to handle that. That's not, you know, almost every organization certainly wants the size of the federal government are able to 
do just that. Um, there's a, an old consulting uh, tradition in business, which, you know, these, they hire these, you hire these really expensive companies to come in and they say, basically, take your bottom, whatever your 5% of wor your worst employees, um, and you get rid of them. And if you need to hire new ones, we'll hire new ones. But always fire the worst 5% of your employees every year. And over a long period of time, you wind up with all good employees. Now, hopefully at that point, you stop firing the worst 5% because they're actually good. Uh, mm -hmm. The point, though, is that there's usually so much crap in an organization that if you do just a few percent at the very bottom, you can do that and still handle it. We've been trying to do that with just the bottom one of our employee for a long time, which is, of course, Jeffy. And so far, we have uh, been unsuccessful. Um, but uh, As you see there. Right? He's still here. Uh, yeah, in right fact, there. hey, Jeffy. What's up? Nothing. No. We're just... Uh, just, Joe, you get, just thanks talking. for giving us an example of what a crappy heap of an employee you are. Uh, as you're not I'm even sorry, listening to them. <laughs> okay, uh, so I, I hope it works. Um, you know, I you know our level of optimism uh, on the particular administration, uh, and it's high, it's really high, really high, and it's over three percent yeah. optimistic about. But it. hey, it's I, over three. Whatever. I mean, I guess you know, <laughs> like. I, I gotta say, this is the weird thing. Um, I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> is that I? I mean, mm -hmm. all this stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just I, there's something about the last year that has convinced me none of this matters. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think that's a healthy place to be, particularly as a person hosting a show. And we can still talk about it, and I can find it interesting in this sort of like, hey, look at what's happening over there, sort of way. But man, none in of it feels like it matters. In a philosophical sort yeah. of way, but in practice, it doesn't seem to matter. Right. There's, are there any principles or values that matter anymore that either side hold to? I, I don't, it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. So we can talk about them all we want. They're just and not we put will. into I mean, practice. I don't, and we will. I, like, and we are, know, and we do. It's like, I don't care who wins the Jazz Suns game next week. Um, now, if we were doing a, a show on, about the NBA, we would probably discuss the Jazz Suns game coming up next week. And we could have an interesting conversation and I think get into the moment and say, wow, did you see mm -hmm. uh, that player who's on the Jazz or the Suns do the thing that they did against the other Absolutely. team, which was the Jazz or the uh -huh. Suns? Mm -hmm. uh, and we can have that conversation. But man, <laughs> like at the end of the day, they're playing a game the next day and it doesn't really all matter all that much to me. Well, it's kind of like last night's uh, national championship. Did I really care whether the Alabama beat uh, Clemson or vice versa? Great no, game, though. Until, yeah, until the game kind of started yeah. and I started thinking, first of all, I want my, my boy, one of the greatest BYU quarterbacks of all time, Steve Sarkeesian, to do well. So I kind of started thinking... I, I kind of want Alabama to win this thing. Oh, wow. I was not or I at least want them to score enough points that the offensive coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian, looks good. And I think and they I did think that. They he, I mean, they points. scored 31. So if the defense can't hold Alabama, uh, Clemson under that, then that's kind of their deal, right? Yes, I agree. And they did lose 35-31. On the uh, last play of the game. Which is well, amazing. It, was a, it turned out second. to be a pretty good game. It was, oh, it was pretty good game. They, they were losing the game. Yeah. With well, six seconds left. Mm -hmm. They scored a touchdown with one second left. I mean, it's yeah. hard to figure a better ending to a game. Right. Now, of course, I mm -hmm. wanted uh, Clemson to win, so I was very happy about the outcome. But still, either way, you look at it, it was pretty amazing. And, and, yeah, to be, and then, I mean, they were behind... Uh, going into a couple of minutes, they were ahead a couple of minutes left in the game, and then lose the lead. Yeah. So you think Alabama is over? I mean, Alabama's not going to give up a victory. Right. The great Alabama. That's what I thought, man. The but great, boy, that 
They shredded Clemson shredded their defense they the whole second, second half. half. Yeah, yeah. Whole second half. And I think the stat was they were something like when they were up by two scores in the fourth quarter, they were ninety-seven and zero. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they lose. Oof. That's a pretty good record. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's better than, you know, 0-97. I will say that yeah. uh, straight up. Uh, also, uh, Nick Saban was 5-0 in national championship games. Now he's lost one. It's the first time ever for that, too. So, uh, well, ama- know, amazing, late, amazing night for Clemson last night. Amazing. And you could have made, made a lot of money mid-game on that one. Because, I mean, yeah. it, it was, I think, something like, when it was 14 nothing. It was something like 10 or 12 to 1. You could have had oh, a wow. Was it? In the game. Wow. In the middle During of the game. game. 12 yeah. to 1? Yeah. Because they were. Wow. it looked like they, first of all, when it was, I was talking to somebody who was an Alabama fan, uh, and, and I was like, hey, they look great. I mean, because they did. I mean, yeah. that first half, they, mm-hmm. they didn't look like a great offensive team. No, but they, they never do. They're up by one score, and they look like they're up by 20 scores. Yeah. And that's the way yeah. that game felt. When they got up 14 nothing. it was like, oh, I mean, it's, it looked insurmountable. And uh, Vegas apparently uh, agreed with that, and uh, most people were putting their money uh, on the other side, I guess. And mm. uh, some people, I'm sure, cleaned up on, Good for on Clemson. Them. How long can you bet during the course of a game? Uh, there's a live betting, a live wagering uh, that exists. <laughs> wow. um, and that you, just so, doesn't end, huh? Does it go up till the end? Uh, usually, yeah. Like if, if Does it? It, it won't, they won't usually. Uh, when it gets closer to the end of a game, they won't offer live betting um, during plays. Like, so, like, you know, like, because something could happen that changes the odds during the play. Mm-hmm. And maybe someone sees it, you know, in a split second gets a bet in after they've seen the result. So, but when they go to commercial or the two-minute warning or, uh, you know, after a punt or whatever, they will post odds for that moment. And wow. you can theoretically go in there. I don't bet. know if I've ever seen this, but because ESPN had the right to the game, they broadcast the game in different ways on all of their channels. All the platforms. Did you notice that? Yeah. No, I didn't Over know. every ESPN platform, like ESPN, the main ESPN, just broadcast the game. That's with, what I was watching. With the announcers. And then on ESPN2, they had uh, somebody analyzing the game while it went on. ESPN News had a group of coaches, including uh, my guy Kalani Sataki from BYU, talking about the game as it happened and what they would do if they were in that situation right then. Like there was a fourth and wow. one for Clemson. Are they going to go for it? And they're talking about how they'd all go for it. Uh, and then on, on ESPNU, there was some other version of a bunch of people talking about what was going on sitting in a living room setting. I, it was, wow. I've never seen that before, yeah, I don't that's, think. That's that, good, I mean, why not, right? Why not? Yeah, I mean, you get every, yeah. I mean, you have that sort of property. You might as well make What are you going to do, play soccer that night? No, you're and, not, not going to show shot, soccer. We, we are talk. now well off topic from where we started here. Yes, we kind of However, are. I will say that every coach... Uh, when they're not coaching, goes for it on fourth and one. <laughs> yes. And when they are coaching, they yes. never go for it on fourth and one. It's yeah. amazing. They all, all the analysts are always there like, oh, I would def- how can you not go for that? I'd be interested <laughs> to see if the coaches felt like they were uh, – it seemed like that second half when uh, Clemson was shredding uh, Alabama's defense uh, with their passing game. It seemed like every time uh, Clemson was going to get uh, – uh, Going, they're fired up. We got to complete a pass. Momentum is going our way. Timeout. We got to review the call. Yeah, this is a big. Jeffy, as Time usual, out. watches anything and finds a conspiracy theory in it. Really, this was his, really this is was very frustrating. Seriously, very frustrating. Shut up. Very. I will say, <laughs> you know, the way the game ended was uh, was really because you have. One of the greatest moments in college football history. I know. Okay? The national championship was decided with one second left on the clock. I know. Okay? 
from the one second mark to the zero second mark Horrible. was a, a 20 minutes of Nightmare. crap. Yeah. Uh, yes. Because you had, first of all, yeah. they, um, they had to obviously get the extra point, which was brief. Then they had to onside. They onside kicked the it. Onside kick, which was thing that weird. was a great idea. Went on it forever, and it didn't matter it because didn't matter. Clemson recovered, recovered it. it. So then they reviewed it. Would have it. mattered right. if Alabama did. recovered it, because then they could throw a hail mary pass and might win. But Clemson recovered. All that's at stake is a kneel down. A kneel down. Come on. Yeah. It, that um, was silly. It was really stupid. It really killed silly. the momentum at the end of that, unfortunately. Really did. But it was it still, a great, it's still, yeah. still a great game. Still a great we'll, game. We'll get into that more a little, a little bit later. We also have uh, new uh, details on what happened in Chicago over the last year, uh, which are stunning oh, in their was, scale. It was peaceful and wonderful in Chicago because President Obama fixed everything. And, well, not, so, and he also had his former chief of staff running the city. Right, so, right, right. Uh, so so everything you can imagine how good things were in Chicago. Probably fine. Over the Pro- last probably year. fine. Yeah, no one so. was killed. No one. No. Well, almost no one. Almost we'll, no. We'll one. get to the details of it. I mean, just minor. Minor. Um, yeah, I don't know if you'll even notice. You know, there's, <laughs> it's so minor. You might not even notice. I don't uh, think you will. I don't, I don't think. The, I don't think anybody will nah. notice the difference of what we're talking about. Uh, by the way, you can take a, a positive step towards self-reliance with My Patriot Supply. Oh my gosh, how would I do that? We though? like them, uh, and uh, what they they do is they provide. Uh, a uh, emergency food supply for you uh, to make this process. Is that where I get one of those big buckets of beans? And I think, what am I going to do with these? Am I going to soak them in water and then uh, cook them over a campfire? No, you're going to get delicious food, not beans. Um, I mean, there might be beans in some of the foods, but it's not going to be easy to prepare. (laughs) Uh, And uh, it's going to be easy to prepare. It tastes like home cooking. It lasts for up to 25 years. If if it could get like fettuccine Alfredo or like emergency pizza, I mean, that would you be ideal. You can get those things from My Patriot Supply. Wow. In fact, let me tell you about this particular offer. Four All weeks right. of easy-to-prepare food, mm-hmm. 99 bucks. Now, Oh, but I, then then they throw in the, oh, and by the way, it's $400 cause for shipping this thing because it's super heavy. Really? $400. You're very right. cynical. Yeah, I am. You are. Yeah, um, I am. But no, it's free shipping. What? Uh, yeah. And you know what? The call? Wow. It's not going to cost you $400 either. It's free. Three ninety nine. No. 95 <laughs> You can call them 888-411-5290 or preparewiththeblaze.com. 888-411-5290 or preparewiththeblaze.com. Hi, it's Pat and Stu, Triple Eight Seven Two Seven Beck. Um, just to accentuate, put a put a fine point on what we were saying a moment ago about how how good things have gone uh, since Barack Obama took office in Chicago, in his hometown of Chicago, and in the measures that he believes in so much that he's instigated in the fundamental transformation of the United States of America. Only four thousand people. And we, we said it was zero, but it's it's not quite oh, that, but it's right. almost as low as zero. Only 4,000 people have been murdered since he took office in Chicago. I mean, I mean we're what's 4,000 it... over eight years? You make some big deal about 4,000 people? Come on, come on. No. Yeah, come on. Uh, you know, I, I mean, we, we can all be sticklers. We can all, you know, micromanage right. others' work. But, right. You know, you're gonna, if you're going to be president, your hometown's going to have 4,000 murders, <laughs> um, especially if your chief of staff is running the city. Exactly, and... That's only 229 fewer people than Iraq. Uh, so, 
than they were killed during the entire Iraq war uh, during the administration of George W. Bush. 4,229 people killed in the Iraq war under Bush. 4,000 people killed in Chicago uh, during the Barack Obama administration. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, the gun control measures are working perfectly. Oh, yeah. Perfectly. Well, they have the most strict in, in, in America. In America. Uh, them in Washington, D.C. And there's another uh, place mm -hmm. where almost nothing ever happens. It's so boring now that police officers never leave Dunkin' Donuts. They go in and they just stay there their entire shift because there's nothing going on in town. Yeah. They're so bored. It's... Uh, so... I'm um, trying to find the stat I saw earlier, uh, which, wa which was... It's because Chicago always gets the attention, partially because mm -hmm. Barack Obama was from there, uh, partially because of the, the raw number, 4,000 murders a lot. And the gun laws. Uh, and the gun laws. A good combination. So it's a good combination, and it's a good part to look at. I would say it's the most important one. However, it doesn't, it's not the highest murder rate in America. No, um, it's not. It's not. Uh, you know, Detroit is worse. New Orleans is worse. I think Baltimore is worse. I'm going looking through the list here. Uh -huh. St. Louis is worse. Um, wow, St. Louis? Too. Yeah, St. Louis is... Uh, mm. Oakland is worse. Um, this is an older... Uh, wow. Uh, list, but um, it's pretty bad. Uh, Memphis is worse in, as far as rate goes. So Memphis? You, yeah. Wow. You go down and it's like Chicago's a big, big city, so the number is very, very large, and it makes a, a lot of, you know, this is a very restricted state when it comes to guns, or, or yeah. city when it comes yeah. to guns. And, and by the way, the surrounding state is also heavily restricted when it comes to guns. Uh, it's almost as if that's not the reason. Now, I know that sounds crazy because guns kill people and people don't kill people. Mm -hmm. um, so I know that's wrong. I know it's a bad, 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 bad instinct to think that guns could have nothing to do with it. Well, um, the notion to think that uh, the people have anything to do with murder is uh, silly. It's silly and wrongheaded, that notion. So and look, I'll get accept it out of your any head. argument from someone who disagrees with our position on this. Um, it just has to be the argument we're making. Um, <laughs> just, like, uh, just like Obama yeah. is happy to hear from anybody, anybody. who agrees with him at, at any time. At any time. Or um, if you disagree with me, but you, you maybe on this particular issue that we're going to discuss, you agree. Then I'm happy to hear from you. Like if I were to say we need a trillion dollar stimulus program and you were to say, Pat, back to me, you know, we need a $1.2 trillion stimulus I'll program. I'll talk to I would, you. I would, I, would, I would listen. Yeah, you'd talk to me. Because you're talk. still accomplishing everything that I want to accomplish in the exact mm -hmm. way I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. you, you just are also adding on to it. So I would agree with this differing <laughs> opinions like that. Uh, it's amazing. That, that's that is how the way he's, that's the, That is the way he's run his administration. That's been the administration for eight years. And, uh, you know, at least we're going to be rid of that in 10 days. Uh, we're going to be finally done with Obama in 10 days, and I'm pretty dang At least in the about presidency, that. I would assume yes. he's going to be very active oh, in our lives for he'll many, be so many vocal. to come. Can you imagine? What the, the, and he's, he's said he's going nowhere, meaning he's going to sound off on every issue. Uh, and it's going to be agonizing to listen to. And so I say we just don't. <laughs> we just don't listen to him. I've been listening to him, and he's been president. For about a year or more, right? Ever since the campaign has been going on, we've paid almost zero attention to him. I would guess we could play the number of sound bites from Barack Obama we've played on radio. We could count those on one hand over the last year. It's amazing. I, it's pretty incredible considering 
That used to be an entire show all day, every day. Well, you could probably say the same thing about uh, clips from <laughs> Donald Trump since the election. Very true. I don't yeah. know that we've had played much of anything from him. Almost nothing. I mean, I just, I, so, yeah. I, and, and it goes back to, I know my motivation personally is I just don't, I just don't care. I yeah, mean, I don't have it. You know, I, you know, you, we could get all riled up about Jeff Sessions today, and I, really, is that what we're gonna do? Yeah, I mean, I just, the uh, only thing I'm riled up about is where, where's this racism stuff coming from? Right, because I mean, some I, guy said that he said something 40 years ago, and there's no proof that he ever said it, and he says he didn't say it. So if you can't prove it, shut up and let's move on and put the guy in office. Uh, this is my Jazz Suns game. Uh-huh. Uh, of the day, uh, okay, and that like I'm with you on that. It's not fair the way but he's you're been not treated, passionate but, about you know, it. Like whatever. you are, for instance, a soda tax. Holy crap! You want to get me in the soda tax? I will get fired <laughs> up about the soda tax. Meryl Streep is Meryl overrated. Streep. She's very overrated. Those are things things you're uh, passionate about. There, I have a couple of issues uh-huh. uh, that are important to me. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, I, I mean, the Philadelphia I, Eagles oh. suck, and I think you're passionate about that. I, right? I am passionate that they do not suck, uh, or at least they will not miss suck the playoffs. Me. No, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying they didn't suck this year. I'm oh, okay. saying I, I'm passionate that that, that changes. Um, I really want. You think to it will next year? What do they need? To, what are oh, they they're need? a young team, Pat. They've mm-hmm. got some young players coming mm-hmm. back. We've got the new coach at the helm. So uh, mm-hmm. with a couple of good draft choices and uh, some, positive, uh, some positive direction, we'll be great <laughs> next year. <laughs> Shut up. I mean, I think that's largely where I am. Uh, Is I mean, it? Yeah, I mean, I think like they, there's promise, but I mean, they need a lot. I mean, they need they need you know receivers dramatically. They still need help in the offensive line. Yeah. They need their players to not get suspended for steroids for long periods Is that of a time. Problem? Huh. Uh, that's an issue. Okay. Uh, they, uh, you know, but I mean, I, they're they're in an interesting position. You know, what's kind of interesting because uh, Chip Kelly got fired last year from the Eagles, went to the 49ers, and then he got fired from yeah. the 49ers Bizarre. already. Bizarre. Already. Do you know what they paid him to leave? I, I don't. I haven't heard yet. Oh, so I'm just. That's an actual thirty question. million dollars. Like yeah, isn't it? I mean, it's massive, and they didn't want him so much that they're well, willing to pay him thirty million dollars to leave. Look, I mean, I, you wow. Know, uh, that's he gets completely screwed there. I mean, they he brought does. him into an, 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 an uh, environment a, where with no a no talent, win, a no win situation with, with a douchebag anti-American quarterback and right. expect him to win any games. Right. Uh, you know, he he won two games, um, and it was obviously a disastrous season. But everyone going into the season expected it to be a disastrous season. Everybody knew. I think everyone the line knew. on them was three and a half games yeah. or something. They were slightly under that, but still, I I mean, nobody's going to give the over under on San Francisco at two. Yeah, and so right. I honestly think that one was less about Chip Kelly and more about Trent Baalke, the GM. They wanted to get rid of him, who hired, and they wanted to bring in a GM with a new coach and a fresh start. Yeah. So that's kind of why that seems to have happened. I don't, I don't think he did anything uh, wrong to really – I mean, you know, obviously, if he could have gone 8-8, eight and eight, they probably would have brought him back. I mean, 2-14 two, is Two not, firings in a row, though, make that – you know, uh, the next hire a little different, difficult yeah, in the NFL. I, I, He'll probably have to go back to college. Yeah. Wouldn't you think? Right. Yeah, but you're probably right. Uh, both I'm segments like, have ended in football talk when they didn't start that way. Could be offensive um, coordinator. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked to oh, see him go true. somewhere and be an offensive coordinator. I don't yeah. think he goes you know, for that. You know, it was an interesting uh, oper- uh, thing I thought about, and I bet he would go for this one. Uh, the hot co- coaching prospect, uh, one of them around the league right now, is Josh McDaniels, who is the offensive coordinator of New England. Oh, you drop yeah. him out, him and Belichick are friends. Chip Kelly and Belichick are friends. You bring him <laughs> in there to run that offense, they might Ooh, they might, might not be. lose for six years. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that would, that's a good that, that's, that's not a bad idea. I, I mean, I, that's really interesting. Now, it, you idea. know, I mean, I don't know that he'd be able to run 
you know, all no huddle all the time there. I mean, Belichick would obviously still have a, a big level of control, but that would be a really tough, a tough. I mean, they're already 14 and two. I don't know where they would go. That'd be a great gig for him too. And that's a gig worth taking because that always leads to. I mean, Josh Mm -hmm. McDaniels had a a head coaching gig which blew up already, and he's now the hot candidate again. Yeah. Oh, you got Bill O'Brien. Same thing. Like you get your if your coordinator position can rehabilitate your career, especially for New England if it goes well. Yeah. All right. Don't even need to rehabilitate. He could just stay there. Yeah. True. He and Bill just hang out for the next 20 years. Yeah. Totally. More patents too coming up in a sec. Uh, next break, we're going to talk about the Jazz and the Suns. They've got a great matchup. <laughs> and then it'll end in football talk. And we'll end in football talk. We don't know what kind of football talk yet, but definitely some kind of football. We're definitely going to find out what's going on in the paint. And uh, welcome to Pat and Stu. 888-727-PAC is our phone number. Um, apparently, Amazon is opening up a brick-and-mortar bookstore in Manhattan. That's unusual. This is a, uh, an online store, and they were founded that way. They've grown that way. They've gotten huge like that. And now, there's a, there's a shot of, I guess, uh, Amazon Books. Hmm. What a weird, that seems a really weird decision to make. Because it looks like a giant Barnes and Noble, they're all going out of business, and now Amazon's getting back into that business. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Strange. Huh? Was it Barnes and Noble that went out? It was. Uh, what was the other really big one? Um, uh, Borders, Borders gone. Borders. Yeah. Barnes and Noble, I think, still has some stores. Oh yeah, it definitely does. And Books a Million is still around as well. Are um, they really? Yep, they still. I mean, it's still kind of a strange. Wow. Amazon is already. We've talked about uh, uh, them opening up a, a store to get. Uh, Goods other than books, yes, you know, like that's grocery what we stores about, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, and it's both of them are still. I mean, the goods, I guess, is okay because you order still order from the website. You can still get other things sent to your address. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. Uh, they also are doing mm. this thing called Amazon Lockers or something. Have you seen this? So, like, it's something like where like you order something and can just drive by it and yes. pick it up. Instead of like them delivering it to your house. Oh, really? Yeah. So like. So I, 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 I would go to an Amazon location. So it's like your yeah, Amazon where they have a PO warehouse. box. I don't even think. It, yeah, it's it's more like a PO box. I don't think it's like their distribution center. I think like they. Yeah. It's not a PO oh. box per se. But then they also are doing grocery stores, um, and they're also supposedly uh, expanding into all sorts of different. Uh, have you heard varieties that? Varieties of delivery. The, that other delivery system they're going to use, like the Amazon Blimp, where they. <laughs> Got this blimp, yeah. an Amazon blimp that is stocked, jam-packed full of stuff. Mm-hmm. So then you call and you say, "Hey, I'd like uh, an iPad." Is it a drop it on your they, house? And they take the iPad and it winds up on a drone, a drone, and they send the drone from the blimp to your house. That's so you've got blimps hovering, waiting for your order. That's actually a, a better so way to do it, so that they you get could have something the in like. I think their goal is to get it to you in half an hour. That's unbelievable. That, that's that's, a, that's uh, they they filed for the patent on that. One. Right, it's not like I, around the corner. I mean, right, it's not like um, it's there's a blimp near you right now unless it's Goodyear. I bet you, I bet um, you they, that gets them around. That tra- probably tries to get them around the the FAA though and the airports, so that if you have a blimp up, it's already there, right? It's a right. station. I mean, 
kind of a stationary thing around over a particular area. And so the drones, if the drones fly within a quarter mile of where the blimp is, oh well. <laughs> There's no, there's no airplanes to worry about. I always say I'm not an expert on this particular topic, but I, that does not seem like that would help you get around the FAA. You're adding an FAA <laughs> element to it. Exactly. You're adding a right. giant right. ship. But the drones aren't just coming out of, out of, out of nowhere to deliver things. You know what I'm no, saying? they're so coming from a permanent blimp correct. site. The planes aren't flying by the blimp. They're fl already flying around the blimp. <laughs> Good point, Jeffy. Okay. Good point. Great, Whatever. Great work. Uh, Whatever is right. No, I think I, I, think I get what you're saying. Is that <laughs> in theory, the area below the blimp would be clear. Correct. We've actually um, heard in there. Uh, we actually yeah, we got yes. through. We but got I mean, through I, that blubber the exterior. The, pro the thing I think. actually found some feeling. Wow. You're going to need a long, I mean. <laughs> That one, actually, you did because I thought he was going for the blimp fat joke, and then he didn't. So you know, whatever. No, it hurt I didn't. Me. It hurt me. I didn't. I didn't. And and that's what hurt you because you're used to that one. Yeah. I went a different way and True. insulted your intelligence. Uh, so you're welcome. Uh, uh, in case you wanted a response, I I'm looking forward to the day when they just beam it to my house. I order it, you beam it, there it is. I've got it in 30 seconds, not 30 minutes. I mean, it, some, nothing else oh, will impress and me. And we've at already this point. we have that now with music and books and video. Right. right. Anything digital you can do that yeah. with. And we're just not there with Movies. Actual... I mean, it is one of the greatest one of the greatest inventions in mankind's history is that I can look at a menu of movies that just pops up on my TV and I can say yeah, I want to watch. Uh, I want to watch Guardians of the Galaxy right now, and in ten seconds, Guardians of the Galaxy is in front of me on the screen. I, that is one of the greatest things of all time. It really is. It really is. A, it's, it's a spectacular development. It's spectacular and it's amazing. Um, can I uh, rewind to the old timey days for a moment? Sure. Uh, I, and again, you know, I'm uh, 40, turned 40 uh, uh, last year, so I'm going to be 41 very soon. Mm -hmm. um, but when I, when I was a Less kid... Less than a month now, right? Um, yeah, mm -hmm. thank you. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, I remember one of the things I was really passionate about, you know, big music fan, a lot of the stuff I liked was not, you know, uh, you know, it was like I liked imports and, you know, remixes and uh, rarities and things like live recordings. So I would go. We would you'd have, on the weekend. You'd go with your friends, and you go to like what was the like, you know, underground record store, and you'd search through thousands of freaking like you know CDs and cassettes and and vinyl, and try to mm -hmm. find that one you know amazing nugget. I, I order. I remember when eBay first started. And this is. I mean, we're in the internet era here. It's not like it's not, I'm not. I'm not talking about yeah. the '40s. Yeah. Um, and eBay started. I remember ordering some like CD of from like Russia, uh, that was only there in Russia. It was like forty dollars for one CD, and I was all excited about it. And I got it. Any of that crap I wasted all that time trying to find is now available by Almost searching. Every, everything is. once. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it was it's amazing how far that has come and how fast it's come it's to the point where music like. You can have an unlimited amount of songs stored wherever you want. Spotify, for free, you can listen to any song at any time. I mean, I, it's a slight exaggeration, but that's about it. If you want to pay the monthly fee... That's a very slight exaggeration. Very slight. Like, there are certain things you're not going to be able to find on there. But the 99.999% mm -hmm. of the music that people want to listen to is available for free yeah. um, at any point.
Yeah. Um, and that doesn't even count things like mm -hmm. YouTube, where you could just search for it and find the video for it, or, or uh, you know, all the other services that compete. Usually, the only way a song isn't available, say on iTunes, is if the artist is still holding out with that weird. Right, like the Taylor Swift. Oh, I'm not going to uh, participate in iTunes. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, you're not going to participate in anybody getting your music then. And, and maybe that's fine with you. But if it's, you're Taylor it's, Swift, it's fine. It's kind yes. of, if you're Taylor yes. Swift, right. it's fine. Outside and that's of that, why she still sells a million a week, uh, a million CDs a week, because everybody wants to hear her, but you can't do it online. And um, you still, I think she eventually cleared that up, right? Like they have some, I think they, I think they did strike a deal. There's yeah. just a few. Like, uh, it was her, Def Leppard, and like two or three other artists. And then I found one the other day, because I had this weird... Inkling, hey, I really want to hear Chris Rhea, uh, Fool If You Think It's Over Again. Pardon me? <laughs> it's like you wanted to hear what? How many times, dude? I mean, how, how many, many times do you sit around thinking, I got to hear Chris Rhea, Fool If You Think It's Over. Right. What a, what a great classic that was from 1978. Must have gotten to 40 on the charts or something. Oh, wow. Oh. So anyway, I'm looking for it on iTunes. It's not there. Uh, all kinds of other people singing Fool If You Think It's Over are there. So I go to YouTube. It's, of course, there. It sounds great. It's fine. I just do the converter, and bang, it's in my iTunes because I just drag and drop. And it's, I mean, the technology is such that almost anything you want can be had as soon as you want it. Um, and so I won't be impressed, again, yeah. with Amazon and their, their delivery system <laughs> until, until they beamed. can make it like something physical. I, let's say I order an iPad. I want it beamed directly to my house. Well, I mean, seconds. that's pretty much what it's going to be, right? Almost. I mean, it's almost that way with the blimp. That great. Well, yeah, they're blimp trying to do the drop on your house half yeah. hour thing. It's, but that's yeah, still not impressive. It's still not impressive. And I will, I will say the good thing about the blimp idea is that it clears you completely from the FAA. They don't care. <laughs> they don't care that there's, there's a what? million oh. blimps hovering over every population airspace. center. They're not, they're not worried at all. And by the way, it's not just a blimp. It's a blimp carrying enough stuff. To, so it's like the, 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 the most gigantic. in stock on the blimp. Yeah. So it's got to be pretty big. And they're like, wow, they got refrigerators up there? I don't care. No regulations from us. Back in a second. twenty-seven back is the phone number. Jeffy found it felt like sharing with us so we don't have to talk anymore. So, since the new year, actor Matt Oswalt uh, on Twitter said that someone should create an app that transforms Donald Trump's tweets uh, into uh, Mark Hamill's voice for the Joker. And uh, Mark Hamill replied saying, hey, I think I'm up for that. Let's have fun for that. Mm -hmm. So, it's you know, he decided that he would... Uh, he. Hamill replied that uh, as soon as I figure out how to, you know, tweet audio, I'll, I'll do it. And so uh, he came up with uh, reading Donald Trump tweets, and he's done the first one now. He's released the first one as the Joker oh. uh, that he played. He's played the animated Joker in Batman since, I think, 92. Long time, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's the, he's the big voice of the Joker and the, the one that's known for it. Mm -hmm. And I think we have the video that will run you through kind of the history of, uh, of how this all started. And... His reading of the Donald Trump tweets, because we, we've read them before, 
uh, just as when you just read Donald Trump's words straight, mm-hmm. how bad they are. Mm-hmm. But his reading of it as a character, perfect. Because Oswald had said uh, that uh, Trump's New Year's Eve tweet uh, sounded like uh, the Joker just before he released uh, Killer Bees on Gotham. Mm. <laughs> so uh, here's mm. run the video of uh, Mark Hamill and uh, the Joker as Donald Trump. Happy New Year to all, including to my many enemies. <laughs> oh, this is the one that has the uh, explanation of the story. It. Yeah. Hamill is best yes. friend. Yeah. Jack, Jack Insider video. His voice of the Joker since 1992. There's a teeny little bit of me in you too, bats. I can't even I can't even see him. I don't see that. I, yeah. He's more talented than I realized. I'm glad that this video explains exactly what you set up. Yes, like, thank you. It's a good it's thing. I know. I, sounds like something the Joker would say. All right, kid, let's no get idea. to him actually doing it. Hamill accepted the challenge. Yeah, we know, you know, because Jeffy already Happy said this. Happy New Year to all, including to my many enemies and those who have fought me and lost so badly. <laughs> they just don't know what to do. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a great read. Mm-hmm. Love. <laughs> <laughs> so, huh. I, and you're right about seeing him, uh, the video of him actually doing it. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, it, I, even when I... Mark Hamill. Knowing it's him, I, can't, I still can't hear it coming. I can't, yeah. like, connect it to him. You know, and it's also because if you go back and you watch Star Wars, which I've done many times, uh, <laughs> and I'm a fan... Um, and I like Star Wars, and I'm giving you all these disclaimers before I tell you that he is terrible in that movie. I mean, he really isn't good in that movie. His the fighting scenes are terrible. I mean, his 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 lightsaber fighting scenes, they're not good, they're not guys. Good. They're not. It's a great overarching story, but the details of who these people are as actors. You know, you're speaking is, blasphemy. I know, here. I know. That's you know why that, I set it up. Right? I really love it. I really do. I mean, I, I don't. Yeah, Star He's Wars not is is not. It's not the greatest acting job no. in no, general not. from any of them. <laughs> no, it is. I mean, not. Carrie Fisher's not great. Harrison Ford's I, pretty. I, damn I don't good. know. Harrison Ford, I guess, is somewhat solid, but. First of all, the dialogue sucks in almost all of them. It's just stupid dialogue. At least there's horrible parts in much of it. And it's really tough for even decent actors to do stupid dialogue. So, yeah, that is a problem. <laughs> it's and like, then, it's just so amazing. The acting isn't good. The dialogue isn't good, but it's a great movie. But it's a great movie, great movie. And, and everybody loves it. Uh, I, I don't know what it is, but we, we just love it anyway. Uh, but what else you got? Social justice dieting. <laughs> Fat shaming to blame for obesity. The headlines so not uh, let's see Wait, overeating and lack of shaming exercise. somebody who's fat is causing them to be fat. Then uh, that, how they get fat in the first place? That's correct. Is what that, I'd like to know. The, how they get the fat in the first saying, place? Okay? How did you get uh, fat in the first place? Just because it's socially acceptable mm-hmm. for you to have give fat jokes. Okay, <laughs> it's it's your fault. That <laughs> we don't really do jokes. Like we don't say like. When you, when you step on the scale in the morning, it says, one at a time, please. We don't really, we don't really do that. It does say that. It does say that.